The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him, because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. On the fourth Sunday of Easter each year, the church celebrates Good Shepherd Sunday. It's an opportunity for us to be mindful of the providence of God, of how the Lord is indeed a good father, a good shepherd, that he's one who provides for us, that he knows our needs, he knows our names, and he calls us individually, that he protects us, that he nourishes us that it strengthens us. The evil one is out there, the devil and the world, and it's the Lord who comes to be able to lead us away from them to those green pastures, that place of profound repose, where our hearts can find rest and where we can have abundant life here and in the life to come. So it's an invitation to reflect upon the goodness of our God in the invitation for us necessarily to draw close to him. As we follow Jesus, the analogy that he gives is that of sheep and a shepherd. But there's a reality that the analogy that, that our Lord gives it necessarily falls short, as all analogies do. And in fact, what we're called to do is not simply believe in Jesus, not simply to follow Jesus, to walk in his footsteps. But the thing that every Christian is called to do by our very nature is to be united to Jesus. Again, not just to follow in footsteps. Not just to see as a simple model by which we allow him to be still something external to ourselves, but to recognize that for the shepherd, it's not enough just to call us. He becomes one of us. He himself is the lamb who is slain. He is one of the flock who took on our very flesh. And he continues to call us to himself, to be united to himself. Indeed, that was the great prayer of our Lord right at the hour of his death. In the last hours, in the last supper, 
He prayed to the Father for unity. I pray that as you are in me and I am in you, so that they might be in me and I in them, that they might be in us. He prayed that we might be united to God perfectly, wholly, entirely. The pleasing sacrifice of ourselves, the gift of our life to Christ. And we might be able to have the abundant life that awaits us. The way that we do that is threefold. The Eucharist, the scriptures, and the life of prayer. If we want to be disciples of Jesus, if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to be united to Jesus, we have to have these three elements. We have to have the Eucharist. We have to read sacred scripture. And we have to pray. I just came back from a conference over in Houston, a National Catholic Bible Conference. Imagine that, Catholics reading the Bible, huh? So it's a National Catholic Bible Conference, and they had a whole variety of speakers. And it was intriguing to listen to them, because they each come from their own perspective. Some are younger, some are older, some are converts, some are cradle Catholics. All sorts of different experiences they have. But there was three common strands that every single one of them spoke about either explicitly or implicitly in their talks on the life of discipleship and in Scripture. And it was these three things. The Eucharist, the Bible, and the life of prayer. First, the Eucharist. Again, it's not enough for us simply to try to be like Jesus. We have to recognize that Jesus wants to live in us. That as we come to receive Holy Communion... We receive Christ. He doesn't just remain something outside, but he humbles himself to remain inside, to make us living tabernacles, dwelling places of God. We know that by our baptism, every one of us receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who dwells in our hearts. And so it's for us in the gift of the Eucharist to recognize that it's the Lord who is with us and it's the Lord who can act in us. So often we put the pressure upon ourselves that I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do better, I have to do more. And when we try to do all that, everything that I do falls short. It comes to nothing. So rather we must rely upon the strength of Jesus. And our weakness to turn to Him. To let the Good Shepherd lead us and guide us. To feed us and protect us. Not to try to do these things for ourselves. Certainly we have to do our part in the share of the gospel of following our Lord. But it's to know that he does the most fruitful part. To allow ourselves to be instruments in his hand. To be used by Jesus. Because we love him and we trust him. Not only to come to the Eucharist to be able to receive Holy Communion. But also to place ourselves in the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament whether in the quiet of a church or in a chapel, to be able to come and to rest in the silence of God. To know that He is here and He remains here for love of you. And to come and to sit. Jesus says that the sheep know His voice and they follow Him. And so many things going on in the world today our own minds, our own desires, our own, our own thoughts and feelings and fears that come up as one voice, 
that echoes very loudly in our mind. The world gives us another voice, all the things we should or shouldn't do. The devil gives us a third voice. And lastly, and most quietly, is the voice of God. The other three voices echo in loud refrains. But it's the voice of God that Scripture tells us is a still, small voice, a quiet voice. And so if we desire to know our Lord, we have to sit quietly with Him, to embrace silence, especially in His presence, to allow Him to speak, to get to know His voice, so that in the moments of the day as we go through the course of our day and we hear that still, small voice, we know that it's Him. We know that he calls. The second way for us to be able to be united to Jesus is by the reading of the sacred scriptures. We must read it daily, not just occasionally. Who among us would be perfectly content to eat a small bag of chips once a week? And that's it. (laughs) Who among us would be content even to have one full meal? And to go without for the other six days. And yet we content ourselves so easily in the things of the Spirit in the same manner. And the Lord encourages us to eat of the sacred scriptures. To receive the word and to receive it frequently. To let ourselves be immersed in the sacred scripture. And to live there. To allow it to speak to us and to teach us. It can be a little daunting when we pick up the sacred scriptures, not to, not to know what to do or how to, how to start or where or anything or, or how to proceed. But the most important piece that you can do is do something. <laughs> the most important piece is to do something. One of the speakers at the conference, who's kind of the, the head of the conference itself, he's got numerous Bible study series out and he's written several books and all these kinds of things. And he says his love for sacred scripture began when he was in high school. He received a Bible for confirmation and he made a vow that he wanted to start reading the Bible. And he said to himself, I'm going to read one verse every day so that when I'm old, when I'm like 30 or something, this was his words, (laughs) when I'm old, I'm 30 or something, I will have read the whole Bible. And he said, And so he endeavored. He said, I'll not endeavor. And he went and he read a verse every day for two weeks. (laughs) And then he stopped. (laughs) But he didn't give up. He went back later and began again. It's the same with us. We can try any number of ways to be able to immerse ourselves in the scriptures, to be able to, to start at the beginning and read all the way through, which is not exactly the most desirable method. To read the scriptures and just reading the gospels, the letters of St. Paul, the Psalms, these kinds of things. All of those are good things. But the most important piece is that we simply read something. To allow the word of God to speak to us. To get to know his voice. The last piece for us is of course that daily life of prayer. Again, daily. Absolutely necessary. For us to be disciples of Jesus. For us to know his voice. It's not enough to have occasional, occasional time with Christ. It must be regular. And to speak to him as we would speak to a friend. Because he is a friend. He's our beloved. And so to speak to him the needs of our heart. 
when we come to pray, not simply to, to content ourselves with, with offering up memorized prayers, the rote prayers, prayers off a car that somebody else wrote that sounds really nice. Those are good and holy, and indeed we should offer them. But in addition, we need to speak our own hearts. Because the Lord doesn't want the pious thoughts of St. Francis de Sales to be offered up through our lips, necessarily. He wants ours. <laughs> he wants our, our, prayer, our prayers, our needs. He wants to know our fears, our desires, the longings of our heart. Indeed, He does know them. But He wants us to speak to Him. To talk to Him as a friend. To get to know Him so that we might be able to allow him to really get to know us, to show us himself, to reveal his love to us, to reveal that he is a good shepherd, despite the difficulties that come, that he is a loving father, who, above all things, desires only our happiness, even at the cost of a son, the price of his blood, Our Lord Jesus promises happiness. And so we ask the Lord to be with us today as we come to offer this Holy Mass. That we might place not just simple gifts of bread and wine upon the altar, but we might be able to place ourselves, to be able to give ourselves to Jesus, to rejoice in the hearing of the sacred scriptures, to lift up the needs of our own hearts, and to celebrate the great gift of Holy Communion.